Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogowich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week, coming to you on a Tuesday following a pulse of a game between the bills and the chiefs might've added 15 years on both of our lives, uh, trying to get through all the anxiety and ups and downs of the game, but the Buffalo bills come away with a huge road win in arrowhead 24 to 20, probably a little bit low, more low scoring than a lot of people thought, but heading into the bye week the Buffalo bills are five and one, um, you know, would love to be six and oh, but a pretty damn good start. Um, Andrew, first and foremost, how are you doing and how was your Sunday watching that game unfold? I'm doing great, Nick. Um, it's another, uh, another exciting Bills Chiefs game and, uh, something tells me it's going to be like that for quite some time. I don't think we're ever going to have an easy Bills Chiefs game. I mean, these are probably the two best teams in football definitely in the AFC um and uh like I said before uh before we came on I guess it's uh it's a good thing that our team gets to be part of games like this right like how many years were we hoping to be competitive with a rival and you know not have a rival because they kicked our ass every year uh like New England so uh it's a good problem to have uh doesn't help the stress level or the blood pressure on Sundays but um man is this team good my lord what a game what a game what a game it was a little bit worrisome early on the Bills kind of were able to do what they wanted offensively but um they had the turnover with the miscommunication with Josh and McKenzie luckily Kyer Elam was able to come away with the pick get it back then you know, they were running the ball extremely well. Devin Singletary had an incredible game. Um, I thought the offensive line played extremely well. Questenberry stepped in very well um, when Spencer Brown went down. You know, we get the Gabriel Davis touchdown. You know, Josh was having a little bit of trouble uh, with the pressure at first. You adjust. Then the Chiefs get the ball with 12 seconds, and they still manage to get in field goal range. And Butker hits a 61 yard or the longest in Chiefs history. And you're thinking, here we go again. Halftime Bills Twitter was just absolutely chaos. Everyone was freaking out. They're like, here we go again. It's all over. Um, but the Bills did what they had to do. The defense made a couple of monumental stops to get the Bills the ball back. Um you know, we talked about it last week. This is the game. Why you paid Von Miller, and he came through in every presser situation in this game. You know, Mahomes was running around. 
on a key third down. Vaughn never quit on the play, was able to kind of find him back, trip him up. And then the next drive before the Bills go ahead, he just absolutely spin move, toasts his man, and sacks Patrick Mahomes. Then Josh does what Josh does, leads the Bills all the way down, you know, all the way down, starting in a really tough spot in the end zone. Hits Gabriel Davis. Stephon Diggs makes a couple of monumental catches. And then just the cherry on top, a guy we've kind of been waiting for to come through, a huge moment. Dawson Knox gets the touchdown to go ahead. Um, I think everyone, Bills fans, his teammates, everyone in the NFL kind of had a great feeling for him. Everyone knows he tragically lost his brother. He's been fighting injuries, hasn't had the year he's wanted after getting you know the big contract. And it was kind of just poetic for him to get that. And then Von Miller is able to flush Patrick Mahomes. Milano steps up and Taron Johnson just makes a beeline on the ball, makes the play of the game, intercepts him. Ends it. you could tell on the sidelines, no one was sure. They had to review it until the clock hit zero. I think every Bills fan had a little bit of anxiety, but um, all in all, just great game all the way around at the all three phases. Um, you know, did great. They still need to get a little bit more away from shooting themselves in the foot with, you know, a couple bad fourth down calls that they weren't able to convert on. You know, McKenzie definitely did not have his best game as a bill. Um, he probably should have been sat down at some point. Shakir made one really nice play um, to keep a drive going on a check play where Josh kind of just threw out to him in the flat, but um you know, the rookie stepped up defensively. We had a couple more banged up guys. And then after the game, you know, Jordan Poyer, man, just driving 14 hours because he couldn't fly to play in this game. Um, just shows you what a competitor he is, what a leader he is, contract dispute and whatnot. He's still showing up each and every week, risking his body for his teammates. You know, he's clearly still banged up. Um, but God damn, is this team fun to play, you know, watch and root for. Um, what were some of your kind of just general takeaways from this game? Because there's obviously some negatives, kind of the same ones we've been talking about through the past few weeks with, you know, they just are sloppy a little bit in the red zone. They have a couple early turnovers, shoot themselves in the foot. But other than that, holding this team to 20 points in Arrowhead without Tredavious White, who you're going to be getting back if you see them again. Without Micah Hyde, you know, Benford, Dane Jackson getting banged up, um, you know, Oliver and Jordan Phillips still getting back to 100%. Not much you could say wrong about the team's overall effort. Yeah, I mean, right, the, the first half wasn't great, like you mentioned. Um, defense was slow to kind of figure out what Mahomes and the offense were trying to do. Um, Josh was sloppy. Offense was kind of sloppy, um, right? They couldn't figure out how to combat the chiefs blitzing. Um, but that last drive before halftime, right. Something just clicked for him, right. Josh went, um, I think he went like five for five, right. Marched him down. He had that long third and 13 again, right. Backs against the wall and, and Josh and the offense are able to make something happen. Right. You convert that third down and um, right. They're able to march down the field and um, just really take back momentum of course right the 12 seconds thing happens but we'll pretend that didn't happen um and then halftime right i mean all credit in the world to bill's coaches sean mcdermott leslie frazier 
especially on defense, the defense came out in this second half and just put on a show. I mean, they were incredible. They uh, were just after Patrick Mahomes making his life pretty difficult. They were the secondary was, you know, pretty much shut down. Right. I mean, Kelsey still was Travis Kelsey to Travis Kelsey things, but I mean, he's, an absolute alley and there's not much you can do against him, but I mean, really the defense looked incredible, right? They were so well prepared for this game. It looks like, and um, really made all the difference. And of course, Von Miller and the off uh, defensive line, right. Did their part, Matt Milano, totally different half first half. He was not looking good, did not do well. And then makes a bunch of big plays um, for the defense running all over the place. And then, I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, what, dude, I just, he's unbelievable. It's gross. Some of the plays he made, the throws he made, he jumped over another grown man this week. Like, it just, it's incredible what he's able to do. Um, And I know, right, like I saw on, excuse me, I saw on Twitter um, people complaining or Chiefs fans saying, oh, you only score 24 points and, blah, 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 what happened to this high-flying offense and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, let's take a step back. These are the two best teams in football. Yes, the Bills just won 38-3 to against the Steelers. Yes, they can absolutely blow out teams and destroy them. But it's like, when you are playing an opponent of this caliber that Right. They can score on you whenever the hell they want. They can do whatever they want to you pretty much throughout the game. I think the records, the stats up to this point, reputation, like that has to be thrown away in games like this. You have to go out there and you have to do what wins you the game that day. Right. And if that's getting Devin Singletary running, as well as he has been great. If that's winning by four points on a last minute drive and um, right. Getting a big interception, then that's what you do. Um, It's when you play teams of this caliber and you play against Patrick Mahomes and um, the Kansas city chiefs, like you just have to go out there and trust that your players are going to be more skillful and do a better job than their players. And that's what happened, right? It, It wasn't a high flying blowout. Like I thought it was going to be a high scoring um, event, right? Um, it was a dog fight and it was two of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen play this game, just taking blows back and forth. And, um, you know, we, we got the last laugh. So um, just an incredible job by this team. Um, they did not give up. They made adjustments. They stuck to, who they are, played Buffalo Bills football, and found a way to win this game. Um, It's such a – and, right, like, Chiefs fans are crying and saying, oh, congrats on winning the Super Bowl in week six, and, you know, we'll we'll look how well that happened last year, still going to lose in playoffs. And, yeah, I mean, sure. We did the same thing to Dolphins fans when they beat us, so I get it, right? If you can dish it, you can take it. Um, but this is a rivalry that's not going anywhere. These teams are going to see each other again, uh, in January. Um, and the chiefs are going to get better, right? They were injured. Their secondary was 
full of rookies, full of young players. They're going to get healthy again, get some players back. So it's just going to be another dog fight. But um, knowing you have Josh Allen, knowing you have Stephon Diggs and Von Miller, um, I like our chances. So, I mean, this team is just playing at such a high level, um, just miles above other teams in this league. I mean, just the talent and the football IQ and the plays they're running, it's just such an advanced level of football right now. Um, so I almost don't want them to have a bye week this week, right? Like I want them to just keep playing, keep building off this momentum. But um, I know it's right important to get guys healthy and let guys kind of rest up a little bit. Um, but wow, just incredible game. Just unbelievable. Yeah. And to touch on your Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier point, I mean, the adjustment to have Matt Milano spy Patrick Mahomes pretty much the entire second half was a huge, huge game changer for the defense. Um, you could tell Von Miller took it up a notch. Um, I thought the secondary was okay in the first half. Um, did a little bit better in the second half. Like you said, Kelsey is just going to be able to do whatever he wants. No one else in the NFL can stop him either. So the Bills aren't alone um, in that aspect. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I think I saw Nate Geary uh, tweet this out as far as, you know, Chiefs fans are mad and they were banged up, which they were. Um, but if we play this team later in the year, I like Buffalo's chances of not going over three in the red zone and getting Tredavious White back than, you know, the Chiefs getting a few guys more healthy in the secondary. Um, Stephon Diggs finally had the big game we've been waiting for against the Chiefs. He was, he has been subpar against them in his Bills tenure up until this point, but another 10 catch performance for 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, just can't say enough. Gabe Davis, another huge game. Um, McKenzie, like I mentioned before, struggled, but um, I don't think that's going to happen again. I think it was just an off day for him. Um, just from the get-go, it kind of seemed like him and Josh weren't um, completely in sync, but just – this team clearly is going in the right direction. They should really be 6-0, and but going into the bye week, 5-1, and you're getting a week rest for a lot of your key players like Phillips, Oliver, Jordan Poyer, um, Spencer Brown, who got you know banged up in that game. Looks like he's probably going to need a few weeks off, but you know we have Questenberry to fill in until he gets back. And then the biggest thing is, I think it was Josina Anderson reporting that today that Trey White's expected to be back after the bye week. So getting that secondary help, especially when um, it wasn't the best at times in this game, um, I think Dane, Taryn, Benford, and Elam kind of all had their moments of ups and all had their moments of downs. Um, but adding Tredavious White and being able to kind of ease him back into it with you know the depth you have there with the rookies you have, um, I think is going to be huge um, for this team going forward. And, you know, you're getting a Green Bay team that hasn't looked the best. They're going to be hungry coming out, you know, against you. But I think it's a much-needed bye week as much as the early bye week kind of sucks. I think where this team's at right now, the injuries um, coming off of this big game or maybe the week off might help them compared to, they spent so much energy trying to beat the Chiefs, and then maybe they have a dud or something right after. Um, maybe the bye week's actually at the perfect time 
Um, but I think the biggest takeaway also from this game is the Bills have firmly put themselves in position to have home field advantage in the playoffs as long as they handle their business the rest of the year. Kansas City is going to have to come to you, um, which you haven't had in the playoffs yet. And I think that's a huge game changer. And I love that all the guys are just not taking the bait. Every media person's asking them, well, doesn't this feel better? Isn't this a great redeem thing? And I'm sure as fans, like I know I felt relieved being able to see them win the game the way they did yesterday, especially after the whole 13 seconds thing last year. But Josh, Von Miller, Stephon Diggs, all of them, same thing. It was the biggest game because it's the next one. You know, we're on to the Packers now. We're going to enjoy this bye week. We're going to enjoy the moment. But, you know, we're not too high, not too low. I mean, Josh said it on Kyle Brandt's uh, basement today, you know, Super Bowls aren't won right now. You know, the first priority is making the playoffs, getting to five and one right now. You've put yourself in the driver's seat to get there. And then, you know, it's anyone's, you know, Super Bowl to have. So we saw it last year with Cincinnati and um, the Bills are in a great position and I couldn't be more happy and proud of this team. Yeah, and all right, and another reason why this was such a big win, right? Not only it's right your biggest rival, the um, right bad taste in your mouth from the playoffs, but right this puts you in first place in the AFC, and you own tiebreakers over the three teams behind you. Right, you beat the Chiefs, Titans, and Ravens head to head, so you put yourself in such a good spot right now. Right, like you said, Nick, you now the team's got to take care of business week in and week out. Uh, right. We're a third of the way through the season. Um, so, right. What have we learned? Five and one after the first third of the season, I think it's a pretty good deal. Right. Guys are coming back healthy. Um, Josh is just playing out of his mind. I mean, he leads the NFL in passing yards and total touchdowns. Stefan Diggs has 400 yard games this season. He only had two last season. Offensive line is gelling. The defense is incredible, right? You're getting pressure against quarterbacks. Von Miller is looking like he is worth every penny you're paying him. Young guys are stepping up in the secondary um, when needed. So there's a lot going right for this team, right? There's still, you know, there's still points to work on and things to, to fix up, but um you get the bye week and, and Jordan Poyer was on Pat McAfee's show this week. Um, and Pat asked him about the early bye week and, you know, if, if they were disappointed or mad about that. And um, Jordan said for at least as long as he's been here, right. This is his what fifth year, fifth or sixth year. Um, they've always had a early bye week. They've always had either like a week six, week seven bye week. So he said it's nothing new to this team. They, uh, right, of course, would prefer a later one, but they're used to it. Um, right, it lets them kind of reset um, and get ready for a nice push going down the stretch. So um, the early bye doesn't bother them. Um, so I think uh, I think they're going to come out and be ready to turn heads on Sunday night against Green Bay uh, after the bye. So. Yeah, this team team's in great position. They're a great position in the AFC East. Who would have thought the Jets right now would be right behind them? They've been actually playing some really good football. Um, Inspire, I think Robert Sala is doing a really good job there. 
Um, they have some young defensive studs like Sauce Gardner's really living up to the name so far this year. And offensively, they have a bunch of really good young skill players like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. So they're building it the right way. Um, they're going to be a tough out later in the season. I don't think it's something the Bills won't be able to handle. Um, but if you would have asked any Bills fan before the season started going into your bye week, you know, if what would you take as a record? I think any Bills fan would sign up for five and one. Sure, you don't want the loss to be against a division rival, but, you know, you won all your other big games that you needed to. The team has answered the bell as far as you can't come back and win games. You can't win the close ones. You can't beat the Chiefs, this, that, and the third. Well, they blew out the Super Bowl champions. They blew out the number one seed in the AFC last year. They just beat probably the second best team in the NFL. I mean, Eagles fans would probably say that they're best, which they're, you know, they're six and zero. they have every right to toot their own horn. And they're definitely the favorites to come out of the NFC right now. Um, And then they, you know, demolish the Pittsburgh Steelers like they were supposed to. So that's, that's what's been fun about the season up to this point is not obviously the winning is fun, but the narrative busting that they're doing, right? Like the national media and even local media, right? Are talking of trying to create these story points and, and um, talking points and these narratives about this team. Oh, they can't, um, right. Win close games or Josh is, you know, is carrying an offense and defense, whatever, right? Like they're hurt on defense. These young guys aren't right. Just the fact that week in and week out, no matter what people are trying to say about this team and find ways to, you know, come up with excuses for why they can't be good. They're just coming out here and just proving everyone wrong week in and week out. And it's incredible to watch them just have that determination and, you know, just the ability to stick together and just keep fighting for themselves is is probably the most fun about this season up to this point. Yeah. And I think my favorite part of this season so far has been, I think coming into the year, I wouldn't say I was skeptical, but I truly wasn't sure if the Bills were going to pay Tremaine Edmonds because he has been kind of up and down. Um, I think this by far has been his best year as a Bill. You can tell the leadership. I mean, he was another player in the Chiefs game that kind of just jumped off the page where there are a few runs where all of a sudden you see number 49 coming out of nowhere and just blowing up the play. Um, I know Dan Orlovsky did a few defensive breakdowns of the Bills and just the things Tremaine Edmonds is starting to see now, the game's really slowing down for him, um, is something that I've really um, enjoyed watching. But it's going to be nice. It's going to suck that we have to wait two weeks to watch the team play, especially on Sunday night. But um, it is going to be cool to kind of sit back and just know the Bills right now are atop of the AFC. Um, And not to shoot my own horn, but last week on this very show, I said that Kyer Elam was going to come up with a big play, and he did so. Didn't know when it was going to come, but that pick was huge, especially after the Bills blunder with the fumble with McKenzie and Josh. Elam came away with a big play, and the trend continues of a rookie stepping up every single time the Bills play the Chiefs in the regular season. How about that? <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> We know we're talking about. Um, We might sound like idiots, but sometimes we know stuff. um, But 
The Bills aren't the only show in town now. The Sabres are back. They've played two games, one and one, uh, four to one uh, victory over the Senators, and then a four to three loss to the Florida Panthers um, on Saturday. So both games, I think there was a lot of positives to take away. And I think there was also some concerning things. However, it's only two games in. And I think we're going to need to see another four or five games to get the broader sense of are these issues real problems or are these things just kind of the first few games getting your feet wet? Um, They're on the West Coast now. Sabres After Dark is back. They play the Oilers tonight. They got the Flames Thursday, the Canucks Saturday, and then they close it out with the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday. So big game. You know, the home opener came out really sluggish, really turned it on. The line of Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka, and Peyton Krebs put on an absolute show. Victor Olofsson kind of seals it with two empty net goals. And Craig Anderson just absolutely stands on his head game one. The Sabres get a much-needed win to open the season. And then the second game, Matthew Kachuk has now became the most hated man in Buffalo for hockey. It's nice to have a new rival, quote unquote. I mean, you have Sam Reinhardt over there. Um, Kachuk in the post game definitely left some things to be said that I'm sure players and fans are going to be loving to see him for the next, you know, seven, eight years with his new deal. But uh, they played sloppy. Their power play is god awful. But, um, you know, first two games, what have kind of been the biggest takeaways that you've seen? Because I think both games goaltending has stuck out as, you know, very good points. Um, but I think so far, you know, between Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and I mean, yes, I know Victor Olofsson had the two empty netters, but, you know, the top guns on your, you know, roster as far as your point producers for offense really – haven't been there. It's kind of been the young guys stealing the show. Yeah. So I think right that that first game, the first period was not great. Um, they looked very unorganized. It looked like it was the first period of a new season. Um, but then they came out in the second period and started gelling. They looked great. They were moving fast. The puck was, uh, you know, moving around the ice, crisp passes, um, and they were able to capitalize on some chances and right. They took that first game. And, um, I mean, the first star, right. was Craig Anderson, rightfully. So I mean, he was, he was incredible for 41 year old goalie. He looked awesome. He really bailed them out, um, quite a few times and, um, kept them in that game, uh, early into that second period and, um, really kind of breathed some life into that team uh, when in, when the first period was really kind of dismal. So incredible job by the old man there. And um, I really, really was impressed with those younger players, right? We were hoping, um, right, to see something from like Tuck and Oposo and those lines, but it was the younger players who stepped up and, and uh, showed that they had, you know, had some juice and uh, – that's really, really encouraging, right? As you get in the season, um, right, everyone will start to kind of get their feet under them, get into a groove. Um, but I just, 
I am encouraged by what we're seeing so far, right? You play a tough game in your second game against Florida, right? You keep it close at the end. Um, you play them tough. Florida's a really good team, right? Sabres are still trying to get into this early part of the season and, and gel as this young team, but um, definitely encouraged by what we've been seeing so far. And um, yeah, a couple things to work on power plays gross like disgusting <laughs> disgustingly bad like it's that's embarrassing that was especially in game one it was poof not great something that they need to work on um but i mean other than that i definitely encouraged we get edmonton tonight um and then right they'll they'll go through their west coast trip and hopefully steal some points here and there and just keep working on finding that chemistry and putting pucks in the net um, or on the net. Well, obviously in the net would be great, but I think you just got to shoot, right? Like just start getting these shots going, give your defense some break. I mean, give Anderson some, some time to breathe. Don't, you know, let's not have a one-sided game here. Try to stay balanced and take the chances you can get. So um, we'll see how this road trip goes, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to kind of see how they handle their first road trip of the season and kind of get this, out of the way, get it under their belt, um, and, you know, hopefully build some momentum going into the early part of the season. Yeah, I think if you're Buffalo in this situation, this is this is talking about, you know, what we talked about the last few weeks as far as this is an opportunity where against, you know, superior teams like Edmonton and like Calgary who have a ton of skill, they have some of the best players in the world. I mean, you're going up against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl tonight. Then you have, you know, the newly, you know, touted Flames with, you know, they made the big trade for Uberto and Mackenzie Weger, and they got Nazem Kadri in the offseason. And Jacob Markstrom is one of the best goalies in the NHL. Um, you know, can you go into one of these games and steal a win? Or can you push both of these games to overtime and at least get a point or two? And then at the back end of this, you know, road trip when you're playing – you know, a team probably at the same skill level or worse than you in the conduction, you know, Seattle win both of those games. Um, I think that's a really sign of if you're becoming the team you're supposed to be. Um, I'm definitely not panicking on guys like Skinner and Thompson not scoring yet. I think they've looked a little sluggish in the first two games, but um, I think it's going to come. I think, like I said, until after this road trip's over, they have four more games. Once you're six games into the season, if we're still talking about Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner being at zero goals, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, a pause for concern there. But um, until we get through this road stretch, I'm really not too worried about the power play. Good Lord, just throw some different players out there or something because they haven't had any goals yet. And I think the one thing that I'm really encouraged by for the Sabres is that their top guys like Thompson and them haven't been producing, but you are getting that production from some of these younger players. I mean, I don't think it's crazy that through the first two games that I would say JJ Paterka has been their best player. I mean, he looks like he belongs in the NHL. You know, people I think were a little skeptical of, you know, him being up here instead of Quinn at all. And he's well outperformed Quinn thus far. It looks like Quinn's actually not even going to be in the lineup tonight against Edmonton. Henestros is going to be in. Um, Granado said it's nothing really against Jack. It's, he just wants him to kind of get an overlook of the game, take a step back, and then get him back in the lineup. 
I think he's just a young player trying to find his role. And I also do think that they weren't doing him any favors by not giving him um, a chance on the power play. Cause I think if he can see one go in, I mean, we, they were talking about it on after the whistle with Thomas Vanek, as far as when he had 26 in his rookie year, he goes getting that second power play time. He goes, I didn't score for my first 15 games. And then they just started coming in bunches. I think Jack Quinn could be a similar player of once he sees one go in, um, I think you could start seeing a bunch go in. Um, but yeah, the the combination of Paterka and Cousins, the chemistry they're building is um, super encouraging. I think Rasmus Dahlin has been unreal so far in the two games. And then I think the biggest thing for the Sabres is like, we have to get more pucks on net, like you said, but we got to stop stepping up defensively and just taking ourselves completely out of the play. I know Owen Power and Dalid and Samuelson, Okiara, all these guys and Bryson are so eager to just like jump up and get involved in the offense. And we've already seen, you know, in the first two games, both Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson have had to stop probably at least eight or nine, either two on ones or breakaways, you know, once a game, if you're, you know, you're a young, aggressive team, I understand it, but three and four every night is just completely unacceptable and you're not going to win, you know, many games by doing that, especially when you're going up against Connor McDavid. If you're giving Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and Evander Kane and these guys three and four chances tonight on Comrie, who looks like he's going to start, you know, you're in for a long night, but I think it's just powers going to be playing his first 82 game schedule. You know, they're a young team. They are very fast. You know, they like to get the puck up and down the ice. And, you know, growing pains are going to be with it. I think Granado's trying to find the balance of, okay, last year it was okay to make all the mistakes because we're trying to get you to grow. We still want you guys to be aggressive, but it has to be a smart aggressive and not, you know, kill us on the own end, our own end. But, yeah, like you said, overall very encouraged. I love their fight they did against Florida. I think that's going to create for a really good series throughout the year. Um, I've been super impressed with Ilya Labushkin. I thought he's been awesome defensively for them so far. And Rasmus Asplund's another guy that's, you know, that bottom line with Asplund, Gergensen's a poso. I know they're changing it up a little bit tonight line-wise, but um, that group has also been good. So um, very, very encouraged so far. Liked what I saw from both Anderson and Comrie. Um, Rochester's doing some nice things down to Isaac Rosen. Ukapekalukin in some of their young, bright future prospects are playing really well down there too. Um, so I think so far so good. You're one and one. You lost to a really good Panthers team only by one goal. You took care of Ottawa like you're supposed to. And now, you know, go in two or three games on this road trip and then come back home against, you know, the Canadians and Blackhawks and try to get a couple more easy wins there. Yeah, and you haven't blown a lead to Arizona like Toronto did this weekend, so can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, the glove pass will always get you. But, um, no, it's 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 this is a feeling I don't think we've had in a long time of the Sabres are, you know, they're not good, but they're exciting to watch. You're not, you know, it's not, okay, I guess I'll throw the game on for 10 minutes and just see. It's like you actually want to sit down and watch them. The Bills are the best team in the NFL. Like, we haven't had this feeling. It's always been the Sabres were great with Breer and Jury, and the Bills were, eh. Like, they had a couple okay years with Bledsoe, and then we went through a gazillion quarterbacks. 
And then it's like, oh, the Bills are good again, but the Sabres are tanking and then we're trading our best player. And um, it's finally good to finally see some continuity. And it seems like both teams are going in the right directions. And it's still awesome to see, you know, Josh Allen show up with an Alex Tuck jersey on and just the things that you've always been talking about. The teams just get it, you know, supporting one another, being at the box, in the box for each other's games, creating that one Buffalo vibe that um, we've all been kind of lacking for a while. Yeah, and I just – I again, I don't have high expectations for the season, right? And it's not a knock on the Sabres. I just – I I'm not expecting playoffs if we get it awesome. But I found myself while watching, you know, the first two games thinking, like, how much I have missed watching Sabres hockey, right? Like – and getting exciting, excited for it, right? Like there were, there were hints of it last season with the Vegas game and RJ's games and all that, you know, all those fun little games that popped up throughout the season. But like, this is the first time in a long time that I've found myself getting excited to watch the Sabres again. And I just, I crave that so much, right? Like, and I know the city does and, um, you know, Buffalo fans everywhere just crave. like, I just, I miss playoff hockey. I miss having a good hockey team. Um, so I'm hoping, right. Like this team just keeps putting it together and keeps doing all the right things. Cause, um, I don't know, life is just kind of better when, you know, the Sabres are winning and you, you have fun hockey to watch. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, but that's pretty much going to do it for today's show. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Um, I think next week we'll kind of take a look around the NFL, see how some of the other AFC teams are faring, how they stack up um, against the Bills. Thank God Denver will not be in prime time again. Everyone can go to sleep um, knowing that. Um, and then we'll obviously talk about um, the Sabres because by next time we record, um, they'll have played you know, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, and then the Canucks as well. So um, we'll have three games to kind of talk about, maybe even um, a fourth, depending on when we record next week. But um, we appreciate the support as always. Please give us a follow um, on Instagram at the Buffalo Oil Podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, Appreciate all the support as always. Once again, go Bills, go Sabres. This has been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.